0: All right. <laughs> Dude, sometimes it's just not oh. in the cards, Matthew. It's just not in the cards, my friend. <laughs> the Phoenix Suns lose by a score of 111-95 to to the Los Angeles Clippers tonight. And, you know, when you get those little Twitter notifications, and I have three notifications set on Twitter. I got Adrian Wojnarowski, I got Sham Sharania, and I got the Phoenix Suns. And when the Phoenix Suns send that little you know, kind of pre-game, hey, here's the health report, and you see Dario Saric out, yeah, Frank Kaminsky out, Mm mm-hmm, Abdul Nader out, Well, yeah, injury management, Devin Booker still out, DeAndre Ayton out, Mm -hmm. and now Jalen Smith out. You don't expect to win, do you? No, not really.
1: Um, I don't know. I think everyone's sick, but the thing is, like, what are they sick with? Because DeAndre Ayton, he's sick, but he's on the bench. I don't. It must be like a pooping thing. I don't know if mm. he just has the trots. So I don't, I'm sick. Everyone's freaking sick right now. I mean, next game, who had a good game? Oh, Ish Ish Wainwright had a good game tonight. So next game, he'll be sick. He'll be out because Jalen Smith. He showed up last game. Now he was out tonight. So it sucks, man. Honestly, yeah, I, I expected them to put up a fight like tonight. It was kind of. It was kind of there. It was always the ten points it couldn't get over. But I don't know. I didn't really expect much tonight. It was just a weird freaking night, right?
0: Yeah, overall, and I'll get into that after we do the drops and everything, but mm-hmm. definitely a weird evening, a very weird evening. So, yeah. uh, you know, first and foremost, how you feeling, man? Oh, I'm sick.
1: I don't know. I might not. <laughs> I don't feel like crap. I felt good yesterday and I went to uh, that Schnapps. light thing, Steph's Farm, and I got sick again. Dude,
0: something's going around. You see it all across the NBA. Uh, Suns Geek and I were talking about it on the last podcast, how everyone's kind of sick everywhere. We're kind of hitting this time of the year where everybody just seems to be down and out and rosters are decimated kind of across the entire National Basketball Association. So, you know, and and kudos to to Suns Geek. You know, one of the things I want to give him props, I don't know if you even watched the pod, Matthew, but as we were recording last time, for those of you who don't know, Sun's Geek lives in the Midwest. And as we were recording, like his lights were flickering, his phone was going off with like warnings and such, and it just so happened that some of the most devastating tornadoes in this history, this country has ever seen, especially in December, were occurring not too far from where Sun's Geek was. So I just want to let everybody know who is listening to this podcast or if you're watching along live on YouTube, we thank you for doing so if you want to donate to the american red cross just hit up 1-800-733-2767 or visit uh the red org, and that'll assist in donating to the midwest that again was unbelievably decimated and i, I tip my hat to you again suns Geek. we didn't know kind of what was going on we were just doing a post-game podcast but you had those really wicked tornadoes that ripped through the middle of the country and again weird times man weird times yep definitely so so i take it you're not going to be popping open a beer with me are you going to be popping open some like pepto bismol or something do you have the trots no 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 trots (laughs) over here no no just just a cold i don't know what's
1: dude i feel like death today again
0: but no just some water oh that's good i'm gonna pop open a budweiser i could use one after a long work day so uh, pop them if you got them sons fans let's talk about this game against the uh los angeles clippers there hey cheers Yes, it was a loss that I don't feel like very many Suns fans are surprised about. And it's interesting, one of our our good friends, Sabrina Merchant, who is a beat writer for the Los Angeles Clippers. uh, She wrote a tweet about 14 minutes ago, and she said, Phoenix Suns legend Marcus Morris Sr. And I said, how dare you? And her response is like, hey, I had today off, literally just turned it on, what in the world happened? and this was my my reply i said no da no book no depth at the five without kaminsky smith and sarich lou wisely attacked and got the suns in foul trouble early when ish wainwright is getting that many minutes advantage to the clippers and overall that's kind of a good way to describe what happened this evening as the suns dropped to 21 and 5 but still matthew i got to ask this one's pretty easy, Matthew. Fuck L.A. Right? <laughs>
1: yeah, you know tonight. I don't know. I wasn't very negative about the Clippers. Are you? Do you hate the Clippers? Do they count as like an L.A. thing? No, so he, I, I, I'm i going somewhere
0: with this. So All right, let's
1: go. Oh, yeah, you're a Cardinals fan. Yeah, sorry, I'm a Cardinals fan.
0: They played the Los Angeles Rams. And the way that that, ga- that game ended right as this game began. So I know plenty of you who are listening aren't necessarily – fans of the Arizona Cardinals or fans of football in general, you know, shout out to all the Jamsters who are overseas, uh, you know, whether it be from Germany, Argentina, uh, the Philippines, Jamaica, we've got listeners all over the planet, which is fantastic. And you probably know that the NFL is for the most part, a, an American followed sport, but a huge game tonight for the Arizona Cardinals, uh, a game in which they completely beat themselves. In my opinion, I was having a conversation with my dad and, you know, he's like, well, that kind of sucked. Every time I watch the Cardinals, they end up losing. I need to stop watching the Cardinals. <laughs> like, yes, Dad, please stop. But I mean, it was just one of those games where they kind of beat themselves. But they still mm-hmm. had a chance at the end. They recover an onside kick. They got, and then they just kind of fizzle away. And as they fizzled away, they. The sun started, and they started by fizzling to start. I mean, they began this game 1-11 and from the field. So after everything said and done, if you're a fan of Arizona sports, you woke up this morning on top of the NFL and on top of the NBA. And by tonight, you are in second place in both. And it's all because of Los Angeles. And I know. Many people know that I am a Dodgers fan. And that is my only affiliation to L.A. I grew up in L.A. That was my team. I was raised to be a Dodgers fan. I was not raised to be a Clippers fan nor a Rams fan. So therefore, I say, Matthew, fuck L.A., right? Yeah, approved. Yeah,
1: for you, for you, for sure. Uh, I was watching some of the Cardinals game, but because of fantasy reasons, that's about it. But (laughs) other than that you know i you can't win them all right john i mean the cardinals were so hot everyone was about to talk about them yeah they, they had were about to
0: they're they about to talk about them so then they had to lose that's just how it works <laughs> well and that's you know i think today is one of those reasons that reminds us how sport always humbles you because i'm not gonna lie you know i was working tonight and in the restaurant i had the game on and People are like, who's playing tonight? I'm like, oh, just the best team in the NFL, the 10 and 2 Arizona Cardinals. It's like the moment those that came out of my lips. And then I instantly followed up. like, yeah, we also have the best team in the NBA. I'm like, you know what? Anytime I talk any shit. And I hope that a lot of our jamsters realize, like, I don't really talk a lot of shit about how great my teams are. I'm in wow when my teams are doing fantastic. And I don't really go out of my way to talk shit about other teams outside of like LeBron. But I mean it just goes to show you like the moment you're feeling good about a team, the moment you feel like the Suns are on a roll, the moment you feel like the Cardinals are about to take over uh, and really just kind of be on the precipice of everybody finally giving them credit a night like tonight happens. And overall, you know, as you mentioned earlier, Matthew, it's just a night that kind of felt weird. Everything felt off. You know, I'm up here in Reno, shout out to my ranch group out here, who I've been working with Uh, a lot of fun times we're having up here, but it's, it's cold. It rained literally all day. It's probably snowing right now. It's supposed to start snowing right at, oh, a, at 11 o'clock our time. So, you know, it's just just weird vibes today, bro. Weird vibes.
1: It is. And then when you said the sun started after the Cardinals lost that game and they were just kind of hazy, too. I think that when you watch Jay Crowder hitting the two threes that were not even threes, there were twos, his feet on the line twice in a row. You know it's going to be an off night. That never happened. That's a Booker special right there. Jay doesn't ever usually do that. Two times no. in a row, when that starts the game, you only have four points for like forever. Yeah, you know it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a super super long night. And then when you're trying to focus the offense around Landry Shamit to try to get him going, and you can just tell how frantic he was and trying to keep his minutes and trying to make something of it, it just it wasn't working out. I think those are the two things that that I noticed right away off off, off the bat because they had to find some other guy to get hot and no one, no one, even Chris Paul struggled very very very. Very bad tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Suns, I, to
0: you. Be yeah it, it, it was just holistically. It was a poor performance. As you mentioned, I mean, the Suns had four points with like six minutes left in the first quarter. Now, granted they closed that first quarter by scoring a total of 21 points. And the, the Clippers had 27, but you know, kudos to Ty Lue and how he attacked this evening. He knew that the Suns were unbelievably thin at the big position. So they, yeah. you know, they attacked JaVale McGee. They attacked Jay Crowder. And both were in foul trouble almost instantly. But midway through the second quarter, they were both out, and you're running small ball lineups with Cam Johnson running the five. Ish Wainwright's out there, you know, gobbling up minutes. And I guess I'll ask you this question uh, Is Ish Wainwright any good, Matthew? Uh, if you give him like 10 shot attempts and he misses all 10, then I think he can get really keyed up after that. <laughs>
1: because I think that's what happened tonight too. But I love his his how many offensive rebounds did he have tonight? He had um was it just two? two? Just but there were the two, two two pretty big ones to keep it... the lead at like 10 later in the game. And I just think that um when he's shooting that many shots and he finally gets hot from even 3, he hits the one shot from 3 and then he has to put back dunk. I mean that that's pretty fun, right? It's a fun thing and it kind of got the momentum back for the Suns. I think when McGee's starting the game he's, of course, not going to be that guy that can come in and give the energy that the Suns need because he's already exhausted. He's not a starting five. So him playing off the bench is his role. Ish Rainwright was trying to be that guy, was trying to be like the McGee tonight. It -hmm. didn't work out, of course, but there were some fun plays from him. Uh, Do you think he's good? I don't think he's very, very good, but you have to play him. I don't think you have a choice, obviously.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. You know, This is one of those games where I'm not going to sit and – Uh, argue with the fact that he played a total of what, 13 minutes in this game, Uh, 15 minutes. You know, I'm not going to argue with that because we needed him. Like, again, we were decimated at our bigs position, although he's not necessarily a big. He's somebody who allows other players like Cam Johnson to play a little bit bigger, you know, because they're because they're forced to ultimately. But, you know, consistently during this run where he's been playing, I don't think that he is he's very good at all. Uh, he's a two-way contract player, and there's a reason why. And I like that the Suns have given him a chance, but it's just like, you know, I, I think the the Wainwright experiment, once we move past some of these injuries, is definitely kind of over. Uh, he just, he lacks, uh, you know, he's got the athleticism, he's got the drive, you know, and, and those are two things that you want, but he lacks the skill, you know, I mean, he's, like you mentioned, it felt like he had a bunch of offensive rebounds because he was under the basket all the time, but nothing yeah. even came close to going back in on any put-ups. It's like he's just jumping up there and punching the ball up in the air. Like he's <laughs> yeah. a volleyball player or something. It's just, there's no uh, there's no skill there, and you need skill in the NBA to be successful.
1: Yeah, but if you're sitting in a room and you're like at a restaurant with your wife, you don't want him to walk in. Like He's the one guy you don't want to walk in because then your wife won't be there for dessert. I, just, I swear to God, dude, that guy... It's just, he is, he's a statue, man. He's a statue. I, I think that's his, his <laughs> two statue. kids or something on his on his shoulders. He, he's hes a pretty amazing
0: looking man, dude.
1: <laughs> he's a statue. <laughs> I love it.
0: Uh, You know, but again, it, just to kind of fortify the point on Ty Lue, if you look at the free throw attempts in the first half, the Suns were one for two and the Clippers were 13 of 18. So, I mean, they outshot the Suns by 16 free throws in that first half. And like, I'm not even mad. This isn't one of those games where, and don't get me wrong. There was a couple calls that were definitely uh, frustrating to see. Eddie Johnson really was driving home the point on the Alfred Payton offensive foul with the, that uh, would have cut the lead to six. I mean, the Suns fought back. He yeah. would have got an and-one opportunity that could have cut it to six. And then because that offensive foul was called, and for those of you who didn't watch the game, Alfred Payton drove to the hoop, went up, Uh, In the lane, as he does, and as his hand was coming down, not out, not extended from his body, but just kind of down in the natural motion. When you jump up, guess what? When you jump up with one hand, your other hand kind of comes down to do it. And in doing so, he hit Reggie Jackson kind of on the nose, and it was like, you know, this big... Uh, dramatic Los Angeles-esque Hollywood performance by Jackson. Uh, they reviewed it. They called the uh, you know an offensive foul. And then the, the Clippers responded with the 6-0 run. They push it right back up to uh, a 14-point lead. And at that time, the game was over. For the most part, You know th- that would have been uh, the one chance the Suns had to really kind of come back and keep this game close. But outside of that, like it wasn't a bunch of fouls in that first half that I was just like, dude, what are you doing? It was like... Damn it, dude! They know exactly what they're gonna do. They're just, yeah, they're they're gonna attack us, man.
1: Yeah, and there's there was a time too at the end of the third when the Suns did get the Clippers into foul trouble. Uh, Cam Johnson was actually pretty pretty smart, like just to try to draw fouls and get to the line. It seemed like it was the only thing that they could do is try to get to the rim, um, try to draw fouls, even at the three point line. He was trying to draw fouls, so they're trying to find trying to play the foul game. I think when the Suns start to do that. They know a lot of things aren't really hitting offensively, and sometimes I can get them back into the game. Of course, it didn't tonight. Like you said, any time it would go to even ten points, it'd be like push right back up. Like they just couldn't stop them. The defense from the Clippers too. Like you, the Suns could not make a mistake. Like they were just swarming them all over the place. So it was difficult for Chris Paul to really go through any spurts of taking over, or finding teammates, uh, getting anybody else really involved in this game. And plus, like you're not you're not going to have these guys really knock down shots. You try to get Shaman, like I said, early in the game. And then in the third quarter started to have started to try to get him back into the game to try to find somebody it didn't work. Even him and McGee trying to two man game mm-hmm. that didn't work. You know, it's just, you're trying to find too much. McGee had a hell of a game. I thought still, but it's just not enough.
0: Yeah. And he just, he didn't get a chance to have much of a game because again, he was in foul trouble, you know, so he couldn't really get it yeah. going if you will. And y- y- when you have lesser talent on the court, to you know, it's the Suns end up shooting thirty seven point five percent on the night. They went thirty six of ninety six, and the Clippers shot fifty five point one percent. So you, you take that into account. You know, if you take into account that they were shooting the three ball at a much better clip. They were just a lot more efficient tonight. And you know, you're not overly surprised by uh, by the end result. Uh, Low Suns in the chat at you know says, "Why hasn't Mikhail stepped up since everyone says he's the the three number yeah. three option?" Um, I guess. You would say he's the number three option. Uh Is he the number three option? Like he should have. He should have been. Like right I, now, yes. Right. Like, but not yeah, normally. Right now. He's he's not the number three option normally.
1: It was close. I I kind of thought like him and Aiden kind of shared the third option with Booker and Chris Paul. I it's just it's weird tonight because I thought they would have used Mikhail more. I know he ended with 16 points, mm-hmm. but it seemed like they just took forever to try to mix him into things. He was kind of standing in the corner a lot tonight. And like those minutes, they're trying to get Shaman involved. I know it's 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 something to try to do differently and trying to get someone hot. But I think Mikhail he has the experience where he can muster up some shots, get to the foul line like he did. His defense led to a steal and, and then a putback, uh, or not a putback, but just the end one on the other side. So he 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 has that little floater, the little fadeaway through in the paint mm-hmm. to where. You know, he has options offensively. I mean, we've seen it. And at beginning of the season, we thought he would. Make, I think I even wrote something stupid about Mikael being the third guy. And it I just I stupid. saw it. Yeah, I'm just it, 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 totally, it totally was. But <laughs> Mikael was going to be like that guy, I thought. And they kind of went away from it. So a game like this where he's, you know, that sick pass from Chris Paul on the fast break for the dunk. And then another fine from Chris Paul to Mikhail Cutting. That was like, okay, here he is. I kind of forgot he was even on the offense. And then they just kind of went away from it. And then they kind of went to him a little bit. And he kind of tried to set some stuff up. He set up his own shot. And it kind of hit the back of the rim, came out. But he just... I think he needed more focal point. Be more of a focal point on the offense tonight. But it wasn't really there the whole time.
0: Well, I think that you know, when it comes to McHale being a third option, you know, first and foremost, I don't think he, when our team is healthy, I don't think he is the third option. I think it goes Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul, and then Mikhail. Okay? okay. Cause I mean, in order of uh, offensive output from our, our offense, and that's why I say whenever Jay Crowder has a great night, like, you know, it's a good night for your team. Cause he's your fifth option. Um, right now, obviously with all the injuries. Yes. I definitely think that he needs to be stepping up more. And I feel like, in this in the third quarter and i actually wrote it in my notes i wrote mikhail uh he's doing his best 1994 scotty pippen impression in quarter number three and what i mean by that is you know i don't know if you remember scotty pippen in 1994 matthew but you know but that was the year without mj and that was Mm -hmm. the year where scotty pippen just said fuck it i'm going for it and in the third quarter it was probably discussed at halftime it's like listen mikhail you're going to have to start generating some of your own offense because Mikhail's offense generally is predicated on cutting or, uh, you know, being stationary out on the, th- on the perimeter or just, you know, doing things that, off ball that allow him to be successful versus actually trying to do something on ball. Now we've seen a lot of his success come when he is off ball behind the three point line. They dish it to him, and instead of stroking a three, he understands that the defense is closing on him. So therefore, he drives to the hoop, and then he does that kind of mid range shot that you referenced. But I feel yeah. like in the third quarter tonight, what he took he took a total of ten uh, uh, field goal attempts the entire game. Four of those came in the third quarter when he finally was just like, you know what. I'm going to try to create some of my own offense. He went two for four, scored seven of his 16 points in that third quarter. So I feel like we saw just a little glimpse of him just kind of going into Scottie Pippen fuck it mode. Uh, I've got to be an offense generator rather than a tertiary or, you know, whatever the f- the word for fourth is four three area first, first option. I don't want to be the first mm-hmm. option anymore. So, Forche. you know, so, you know, so, so two low sons kind of, uh, comment about whether, you know, he stepped up or not. Yeah. I mean, I think that's one thing we're all looking for. And and again, you know, Eddie mentioned it very briefly on this broadcast, but I thought it was a very valuable thing they said. He's like, this is, this should be a fun game for these guys. Cause with so many of your stars out, like this is really a chance to, to shine. And I felt like they had that opportunity to shine and they just missed on it.
1: Yeah, but the Clippers played very, very tough, and I think like the amount of time it took, like even Mikhail Bridges and Shamit to really get any offensive, go- any any offense going. Shamit had like two field goals in a row in the third, but by the time he scored his second field goal, it was like the Clippers were already up by like 15. So it was like every time like the Suns would score, it seemed like it would take forever. Like every other possession, the Clippers in between were just nailing shots. Sometimes we'll go through a slump, of course, we'll let the Suns back in, but it just seemed like the Suns were just taking forever. A Mikael offense. It just, it seems like, okay, he scores. This doesn't make any sense what I'm about to say, but like, it's like he takes forever to score. It seems like it takes longer than 24 seconds. By the time he gets a shot to go in, it seems like the Clippers already scored like twice on the other end. That's the way it tonight seemed. It just seemed like the Clippers were already on the offensive end while Mikael was still trying to score his basket or <laughs> sham it. That's the way it felt. It. Maybe because I'm just comatose and I'm watching <laughs> this this game. I thought I was watching the Cardinals or something the whole well, time. But, but,
0: but it feels like, you know, to your point, it felt like the Suns were running in quicksand all night, probably because it felt like the Cardinals were running in quicksand all night too. I mean, it was this like five hour, six hour period of just like Arizona sports teams running in quicksand. You felt like you were constantly behind and it all started with that fucking interception that Kyler Murray threw down on the goal <laughs> line. Ever since that, it's was just like, <laughs> So, yeah, sorry, man. Uh, coach fallen founder brings up an interesting point. He says, he goes, is it me or can Chris Paul only take over in clutch time? And I think that this is an interesting observation because this is another thing that I put in my notes where when the Suns were having a hard time, uh, getting themselves out of their own way in that first quarter as the second quarter began and throughout the second quarter it was Chris Paul who actually played that entire period and did everything he could to get his team out of it so kind of you know so coach it feels like he can only take over in clutch time because that's when he's most effective but if you look at how Chris Paul played tonight in an effort to try to keep his team in it and hopefully you know kind of lift them to give them the the push that could have brought them back against the Clippers in that second quarter. He went four for five from the field, had nine points and had three assists. So I feel like Chris Paul and Matthew, maybe correct me if, uh, if I'm wrong, I feel like whenever the Suns know they need a basket, Chris Paul instinctively knows how to navigate those moments and generally delivers as he did tonight in the second. It's just everybody else around him. I mean, look, he went four for five in that quarter. The rest of the team, went six for fifteen. So I mean it was it was Chris Paul and that's pretty much it in that second quarter.
1: Yeah and that's that's really it because honestly the eight assist that I'm seeing right now I thought he had less than that just the way these guys were like clinking shots. Sure, yeah so was... I mean the, the way Chris Paul really handles the second quarters too in the past when Booker's there it's him and the bench. It's really fun to watch this is basically the same thing right it's him and the bench players he's trying to roll the dice with these guys and get them involved and he sets them up perfectly. It's just whether or not they're going to make the shots. Uh, his shots looked good. They looked like they are they were open. Uh, he even had the crossover on, I forget who, what's his nuts? And he <laughs> missed it, and what's he got the nut? foul, the technical. So I just, there. there's a lot of good Chris Paul tonight, just the shots were not going in. And I think, I feel like when the Suns lose, it's always this thing where it's like every player this happens to. Like, it, it trickles down right the rosters where like no one really can stand out and take over a game and score like the 40 burger to get the team a win it's just usually everyone's affected by it
0: well there's one guy who looked good tonight matthew and i know you appreciate it Likes cameron action Lights, Cameron action, baby. And I'll tell you, yeah. you know, one of uh one of our jamsters watching along live, if you are doing so, please hit that thumbs up button while you're here. Please subscribe, rate, and review all that stuff and head over to the podcast feed and, and give us a sub, uh, subscribe there as well. It really helps. Uh, but McCoy here says this is just me, but Cam Johnson is better offensively. He put that comment up when we were talking about Mikhail Bridges, <laughs> Mikhail Bridges yeah. versus Cameron Johnson. Who's the better offensive player? <laughs> right now. It should be Mikael Bridges right now. It should be, but it ain't. It just went it? away. I don't know.
1: I think it's it's very, very close. I don't know which one is better. It's just hit or miss. I think Cam Johnson and I, what I love with Cam Johnson is his his little layups. Uh, I think he has like the two-handed layups still that you practice. I think we <laughs> talked about this before maybe. It's like in second grade when you're learning how to lay up the ball or lay the ball up. <laughs> he just like does a two-hand. <laughs> but he he's just, he's everywhere. And the best part of him tonight was drawing the foul um, to get to the line. Just things like that knowing they're in the bonus and nothing else is going he hit a couple threes that didn't really matter but Mm -hmm. later in the game but he he's getting there it's just it's so weird right now with the injuries that the Suns are going through to where he doesn't have a a clear role i mean they're playing him at the him and jay are like splitting the five and four whatever they're trying to do down there most of the game when javel mcgee's out so he's just in a different role every night it's just like he comes to work and it's something different you know people that love work like oh i come to work it's something different well camp johnson this is something different for him every night, and I, I I approve of his effort, everything that is there. I just would like to say Mikhail Bridges' offense should be better right now than Cam Johnson, but some games like tonight,
0: it looks like Cam Johnson really has the upper hand, and it shouldn't be that way, I don't think. It shouldn't be that way on a game like tonight, because Mikhail Bridges isn't, I mean, there was no PG-13 in this. Kawhi Leonard's not playing. So, I mean, you know that he doesn't yeah. have that elite offensive player who he has to lock down and spend the majority of his energy on. Tonight's one of those nights where Mikhail Bridges should have cooked and he should have been the, off- the better offensive player. But Cam Johnson coming off the bench, you know, plays a total of 34 minutes and leads the team in scoring with 17 points. Uh, that's yeah. interesting. I bet you that's the first time that Cam Johnson has led the Suns in scoring in his entire know. career. Uh, Matthew, you should write an article for sun dot com about that sheer thing. Just make that the article. Just uh, I'm guessing. Don't even don't even back it up with facts. Just literally say like I'm guessing that this is. What is uh, that supposed to mean, John? Uh, no, I'm just saying like because I who wants to oh. go through and do all the research <laughs> on that shit? It's not you know that's a pain in the ass. Uh, but again, I think that he definitely is a better offensive player than Mikhail Bridges at this point in both of their NBA careers. He's I, I trust him more at th- uh, when he's shooting the three ball. I trust him more when he's driving to the rim, uh, not to take anything away from Mikhail. I, I definitely am pleasantly surprised when he has good offensive games, but, you know, he's more of our defea- defensive stalwart. So, yeah. Um, a couple things I want to talk about real quick before we get to the Jamstar, because I don't want to spend a whole hour talking about this. I'm tired. It's going to snow outside. Uh, one, can you show all the Jamsters that shirt you're rocking, bro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold Look on, at this thing. Up. That is a... For those of you who are listening, it sucks. But for those of you watching, you can see it is a vintage like Steve Nash shirt, and you can actually get it from Just Sports. That is a fantastic... It says Captain Canada on it. It's kind of the... Oh, yep. that's fantastic. So... Uh if you're interested in purchasing that, again, you know, the holidays are right around the corner. Go to shopjustsports.com. And if you put in Sun's jam in the discount code, you're gonna get fifteen percent off. And trust me, you want that that awesome Sun's gear. So looks really, really nice on there, Matthew. Thank you, man. Thank you for when, uh, thank you for when you stood up, you had pants on. <laughs> the jamsters appreciate it. I knew you would ask me to stand up, so I wore pants. <laughs> uh real quick, Devin Booker. I did want to bring up something about Devin Booker. Did you see him? Like, was he talking shit at halftime? Like, as he was walking off the court, it looked like he was talking shit. Did you see that? No, I didn't see that. What was he? Who was he talking to? I don't know who he's talking to, but he was he was up in his street clothes talking shit to somebody. Looked like either a ref or a member of the Phoenix Suns had to kind of uh you know guide him away. And I'm like, dude, if we have another tech in street clothes from Devin Booker <laughs> again, I'm gonna lose my shit. For those of you who, who don't remember the great Mexico City debacle from about two mm. or three seasons ago, it was mm. Devin Booker sitting on the sideline in street clothes when the Suns were playing the Spurs in Mexico City who got a technical foul that change that fucking game and as he's watching <laughs> off the court or walking off the court i was like dude are you kidding me is Dan booker getting another street close tack like he i think he leads the league in that category yeah he has to but i kind of want it because i
1: miss booker so much i just want something <laughs> something of his presence other than him in street clothes man something that gets
0: <laughs> gets him into the box score yes <laughs> uh let's see is there anything else i wanted to talk about i feel like i had something i wrote uh Ish Wainwright makes me miss Abdel Nader. I just said that.
1: Hmm. I don't know, man.
0: You'd rather have you'd rather have Ish Wainwright or Abdel Nader?
1: I don't know. I thought I saw Abdel out there tonight. Nice. I was seeing
0: things. Yeah, you are. you were on some <laughs> shit. I, totally, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Did no, you no. Did you see the newest drop that I made for the last podcast? Mm, no. Let me see. Stitch report. Yes, I did see. I okay. just didn't know if you'd made another one because no. I make them every minute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's nothing to talk about sticks, but I always. I, I, I just thought it was funny. I used Bart Simpson's voice. Uh, getting <laughs> watching along live in the chat. Good to know that you're doing good there, buddy, uh, with everything that's going on in the Midwest. And he says, almost mm-hmm. at 2,000 subscribers. Almost yes, there, we're, yeah. We're so close. We're so close. With your help,
1: you get half my paycheck from YouTube.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that savage <laughs> YouTube paycheck that we got. So, uh, well, let's just pop right into this one. I don't know if necessarily there's a, a right answer, but you know what? We'll still ask the question to everybody who's watching along.
1: Jam
0: star of the game. Matthew, who are you gonna give your jam star of the game to?
1: You know, I'm gonna go Cameron Johnson, but Ish Smith at a moment there. Ish Smith. Today, I was like, Ish Smith. Oh, Ish Smith. Ish Wayne Wright. <laughs> That's right. Don't you dare, <laughs> yeah. his name. I probably wrote that in the recap too. Ish Smith. Uh, Ish oh,
0: Wayne <laughs> I forgot you were writing the recap for Brightside yeah yeah oh yeah. man i gotta read funny. that that one's got to be all over the place with you all uh, fucked up in the head right now
1: uh-huh oh yeah no <laughs> it's it's very very more bland than usual for me so <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> but uh it's right he was gonna be my guy um because of the two plays he had the corner three that just looks so nice and then um the putback dunk that seemed like it might have gave the suns a little bit of a jolt to get maybe a, a good run that didn't end at 10 points um so I was thinking maybe him, but Cameron Johnson overall. I mean, we already have it in the in the comments to where his offense is looking really good. Um, games like this where you just don't know what the hell's going to go on and you're just playing random minutes with random positions. I think he just, he's kind of that guy, right? I and mean, we talked about it. He's a tweener. Uh, excuse my language, but he is. He's a tweener. He's in between all these positions. He can play them basically all except for point guard or shooting guard. But he, he does a lot out there. So
0: I, I have to give him props. Yeah, I don't know. Um It's this is really a tough one. Uh, Cam Johnson, I guess, is the the answer, but just because he scored the most points, no one did any. I mean, again, it was just a weird night where no one could get any rhythm going, and the Suns overall couldn't get. A rhythm on offense because they played some really good defense, you know, kind of throughout the game. Uh, yes, the Clippers ended with a total of 111 points, and that was largely due to the fact that they dropped 32 points in that last quarter, you know, but they held them to 27 in the first, 29 in the second, and 23 in the third. So it was a good defensive. So that's all you know, I'll say the Suns' defense, I'll give okay. it to the defense. I, I think like that, that they, they played solid defense tonight. Uh, they had what. 10 total steals, including three from your boy, Cam Johnson, three from Chris Ball, three from Cam Johnson, a couple from Bridges. Uh, Crowder had one as well. And so I felt like the defense, you know, was playing well. And that's what I always like to see. When the defense travels, good things are going to happen. So, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I'll just give it to the defense on this one. All right, baby. Sound good. Sound good. Yeah. Next up, we have the Blazers tomorrow (laughs) for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, It's going to be it's eight o'clock in Arizona time, right?
1: Uh, I think it's just seven o'clock, regular, right? Let I don't me know. See. I'm on be,
0: I'm on West Coast time. I'll actually be flying out of Reno tomorrow, uh, okay. even in a, in a snowstorm, flying into Phoenix, <laughs> into Phoenix. But then I have uh, that's just a connector to Palm Springs. So I'm going back to Palm Springs for three days. So okay, I'll still be on West Coast time, yeah, eight o'clock. So it's seven o'clock my time, eight o'clock your time. Hey. TNT. Yeah. Oh, it's a TNT game against the Blazers. Mm-hmm. Ooh, nice. That? Hell yeah! I got to watch that on the big TV. Um, So what are you thinking about this this game and this team? And, you know, do you expect more of the same? Are they going to kind of Mm -hmm. seen as as it can be a copycat league at time? Do you think that the Portland Trailblazers are just going to sick Yusef Nurkic on us and just destroy us (laughs) from the inside out?
1: Yeah, they can try. It's funny to, I mean, it's weird. It's not funny because I do like the Blazers a lot. Um, It's weird how, you know, they've kind of hit, I don't know if it's rock bottom yet, but the way, like, they're 11 and 16 right now. Their offensive numbers don't look good. They just never really picked up anything this year. Um, Mm -hmm. You would have thought maybe by now they would get something, get in sync a little bit. I just, I want to see, I don't know. I don't want to see a trade, but I want to see something happen to that franchise because I think every time we do a game preview, with the Blazers, it's always just the same shit. It's just the same thing, and I, this is what I usually say: it's the same yeah. thing with this team. Yeah. So I'm kind of sick of it, and I want to see something kind of mixed up over there. I mean, I know they have, they used to have good chemistry. They had the, the good run back in what three years ago mm-hmm. or two years ago. So they had that, but I mean, it's it's kind of over now. I think there in Portland, it's kind of sad to see. It just depends who's going to go. Um, but this matchup right now or tomorrow night, it's going to be, you know monty did play the sun starters all the way to like the three minute mark i don't know if that's going to really matter um uh, tonight but i don't think it's going to i mean it's chris paul it's mcgee they're going to go out there and play as hard as they can it just it depends who's going to suit up tomorrow too is sticks going to be available is mm-hmm. deandre going to be done having his trots is he going to be okay um to come play i really i really hope we can have one of these guys come back to really kind of jump start this team again tomorrow night i think that's the biggest thing
0: yeah and stabilize the interior i think that's everything when mm-hmm. it comes to trying to predict a win or a loss for this game yeah i mean i can't do it because i don't know who's going to be available uh i hope that he's going to be available <laughs> No, you know like as you mentioned you know like it's uh you know he's on the sideline so it's not like he's like so sick he's like i just can't do it catch you know but again uh we say the same things when it comes to the blazers and the same thing that we say over and over again is like this team and this roster just never makes sense you know they're kind of like. Uh, the Kings, they're kind of like the Timberwolves. There's certain rosters that just don't make sense. Now, the difference between the Kings, the Timberwolves, and the Blazers is you have the talent of Dame Lillard. And that's good for like 20 wins automatically. I mean, he's that good of a player. So knowing that he's going to be there, knowing that he's playing, right? Pretty sure he's yeah. playing. Yeah, yeah. So, so Dame's playing. I mean, uh, they, they've got a lot of big bodies inside. So we'll just have to wait and see who's going to be available for the Suns to play, and if so, if we get DA back and or Jalen Smith, which feels kind of crazy to say, you know, we'll at least, I feel, stand a chance in there because you have JaVale in there as well. That kind of trio can kind of hold down the fort if need be. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to predict a win or loss on this because it's just, I feel personally, just a little too hard uh, just kind of due to the the roster constraints relative to sickness right now thoughts um brains one thing i wanted to bring up with you matthew before we get out of here today is uh something that we saw you know everyone's kind of talking about it on twitter because sham sharania tweeted out that both the new york knicks and the phoenix suns have had interest in the past in uh, Demantis Sabonis from the Pacers. Uh, the Pacers are a team that have publicly stated that they're kind of looking not necessarily to, to blow it up, but to tweak their roster a little bit. And for those of you who are more interested in kind of uh thoughts on this exact subject, uh, you can check out Suns Geek channel. He I watched his video before the game tonight, kind of as, as the Cardinals were slowly dying in front of my eyes. I was like, Oh, Hey, <laughs> put out a new, you know, four minute video about DeMontis Sabonis. So let me check this out. Uh, but what are your thoughts on the whole, you know, kind of sons name being brought up when it comes to DeMontis Sabonis trades?
1: Oh man. I mean, he's a guy I've always liked. Um, obviously how are you going to make it work with the money? I mean, it's not really going to work, but, um, I would like to have him on the team, of course. Mm-hmm. I just the chemistry thing. I mean, I'm back and forth. I'm a big flip-flopper on this thing. when you throw out a name like that, I mean a two-time All-Star. Well, the last two years he made the all-star team and playing the power forward position, supposedly. I mean, that's what he was set as is a power forward. But mm-hmm. he um he's definitely he's he's a great tool to have offensively, defensively. I mean, he's a big man that can pass. He would play alongside DeAndre Aiden. I don't know how that would that would work, and I don't know. Is it weird to you though that his name is being brought up with the Suns? Like, does this, this even seem like a thing the Suns would do? Because I just think that the way that we've been in the last couple years, including this year, is like we're not really focused on adding any bigger pieces. He would be a big piece, mm-hmm. and I just don't know how disruptive that would be. I do like him. I mean, if either way the Suns go, I know they wouldn't give up too much for him
0: but they would have to. So see, I'm just like, I'm back and forth with it, man. What do you think? Well, I mean, he's obviously, he's a highly talented player. So whenever you hear your franchise linked to the likes of an all-star like DeMontis Sabonis, uh, a guy who kind of puts the suns in a cement mixer as well. I mean, let's make no mistake about that. He's somebody who is, uh, uh, he owns the suns at times, you know, we've beat him in the past, but I feel like there's times where he just kind of owns us. But whenever you hear that, you're just like, Hey, you know, that, that's interesting. Uh, God, if I had a podcast, I would probably talk about that tonight. So guess what? We have a podcast. So, you know, that's why we're talking about it tonight. You know, I think that although he is a fantastic talent, you know, you utilized kind of the key word relative to this whole situation, and that is chemistry. You know, he is somebody who is a massive uh piece you know he's not a fringe player you know the, the Suns right now because of their chemistry because of the you know the fact that so many of these guys have been through so many battles together you know regular season and playoffs now you don't need to really mess with the core it's the fringe areas it's the ish wainwright areas the abdul nader areas yeah, of this roster yeah. you really need to focus on so in order to get somebody like DeMontis sabonis you really need to one you know take a look at your chemistry and say would this affect it The answer to me is absolutely. And two, how does it work salary-wise? You're going to have to dish out some guys. So I think you could do like a sticks slash Dario Sarch slash one extra piece to do it. But I I think ultimately it's not something – the Suns don't need to – pursue this it was also kind of a weird teat from shams because he was just like you know it it was kind of like hey in the past he's been linked to the phoenix suns and the uh new york knicks well it's like well how far in the past was it like two weeks ago or like two years ago when we we would have you know given our right leg to have him here you know and and maybe last year for aiden i don't know maybe (laughs) i I mean so so you know again i i see a lot of suns fans kind of talking about it and, and you know in my opinion it's i i really start to uh Fall on that camp of dude like we have such an organic chemistry don't mess with that and you know sunskeek says in the chat right now he says trade rumors are flying right now and that's correct because as of the 15th a ton of the league becomes available for trade anybody who was traded over this past summer has to spend X amount of time with their current team before they're eligible for trade so once that occurs you know we're in that season right now where everybody's just starting to talk about little trades here and there and I think that With a league that's so far in the middle right now as the NBA is, you're going to hear it more than ever because there's so many teams who feel like they're one piece away from going from in the middle to top tier. So you're really going to start to hear names like DeMontis Sabonis. I mean, the Pacers, who only lost by two points to Golden State tonight, by the way. Uh they, they really are just, you know, kind of in this rebuild mode, if you will. And we don't know what pieces they're going to give up and what assets they're going to try to acquire. But I don't feel, feel like the Phoenix Suns even have the assets that would allow them to bring in a Demontis Sabonis.
1: Now this is Jay Crowder, um, and plus, like when McGee brought up how the Suns probably would have won the championship with him on the roster last year, which mm-hmm. is maybe which true. might be a fact. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about just the backup. So the backup would have helped definitely at the five, but then you would also have a Demontis Sabonis in there with Aiden. So that's it's pretty deadly. I mean, that's something that that's why you have to think about that because mm-hmm. I mean, if you're replacing, don't make him me flip flop Jay too, man. I know, just if you're replacing him for Jay Crowder. I mean. I, I would do that and that sucks to say but
0: I would too I, I, I would, would too, it makes your team better
1: and there's not really like the, the three headed monster teams anymore like the, the the teams even with two two superstars on a team no one can stay healthy so if you grab him
0: and you're you have like the most stacked roster at I, that I would do it too you know if it was a if it was 2k but again, hmm. because of chemistry reasons, because then what you do, you take your fifth overall option, who we talked about earlier, Jay Crowder. You mm-hmm. put Demontis Sabonis the right there. Well, where does he fall in the hierarchy of one, two, three, or four offensive? Offensively, you know. I mean, yeah. it's, it changes too much. And again, if we were one of those teams that is in the middle, if we were the Clippers. A team that's better than average, but still needs a piece. Yeah, you go for DeMontis Bonus. And that's always the scariest side of this, too, is because yes. the Suns are where they're at. Our competitors are going to be making these kind of trades. And all of a sudden, it was like last year when Denver got Aaron Gordon. Now, I didn't think that we necessarily needed Aaron Gordon, but all of a sudden he comes into our conference and we have to play him in a, in a playoff series. And you're like, damn, it would have been a lot nicer if we didn't have to play him. You know, it's mm-hmm. just, it's kind of that thinking. Yeah,
1: and then also if a team makes a trade, like how often do they make the trade and it helps them win a championship? Does that happen a lot? I mean, it is really, there something you can think really of? It really doesn't. I can't think you of like know, I just, one huge I trade that
0: changed the trajectory of a team midseason. I think Bill Simmons has spent a lot of time talking about this in the past, where he'll yeah. break down like midseason acquisitions, and it's like. I don't feel like in basketball it's as prevalent as it is in like baseball. I've seen it happen a ton in baseball where they'll bring in like a pitcher and then like, you know, their lights out and they go all the way to the World Series, you know, or they or they get Max Scherzer and they he just he's like, I don't want to my arms just spent, (laughs) man. I can't pitch anymore. I'm like, fuck you, Max Scherzer. Go to the Mets. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Um, so serious in the chat says can't wait for Matthew's medicated childhood trauma. His sober ones are pretty rough. I think on oh, that now. Childhood trauma. I think you know you are you are a little out of it today, so I think we should take a <laughs> a little childhood trauma talk. Let's have a little talk about you know talk about being sick as a kid. Are there any weird stories from you being sick as a kid you want to share oh, with man. share with the group? I I can't think of any right now. Do you want to go first? If oh, you have all right, a story? I'll, I'll start with one. I'll never forget okay. this. I, I, I lived in watchers. I, yeah, here we go. It's this good. is where we lose all of our, our watchers because we're no longer talking about sons. We're talking about our childhood trauma. But, you know, you mentioned being sick. A lot of players in the NBA are sick right now. It's December. It's just it's one of those things that gets cold. People start to get the sniffles and such, which is like uh, really kind of. In fact, here's a quick story. This isn't childhood trauma. This happened to me this morning. You want to hear this morning? This yeah, is, this is funny shit. So last night working in the restaurant, our dishwasher, our dishwashing machine broke for our glasses and it didn't break. It just it couldn't drain. And I had a we had a big brunch this morning where we needed a bunch of glasses for like a 25 top. So I told the team, I'm like, listen, I'll go first thing in the morning. I'm going to go get some uh, uh Paul uh, uh, microfiber towel so we could polish the glasses in the morning cuz we could run them through another machine it they just come out spottier. So I go to the dollar store here in Reno this morning. Cold as shit, raining on me this morning, 7:30. I I pull in, I drive in, I go in, I find the microfibers uh towels. And I walk up to the to the uh cashier and I'm like, "Hey, good morning. How you doing?" She goes, "I feel like shit." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, okay." And she's like, "I can't stop wheezing." And then <laughs> She's like, I I like to use my inhalers, but my inhaler, but it's got too many uh, uh steroids in it. I'm just sitting there on the other side, half asleep, and just be like, "What are you talking about, ma'am?" And I was like, "Oh, okay." And normally, you know, like when people say they're having a bad day, they're like, "Oh, I'm sorry," you know, like, uh yeah. I, "I'm sorry to hear about that," or what or whatnot. And I was just like, I just didn't respond. <laughs> so she's bringing my stuff up, and the last thing I got is I got an energy drink, right? So she's like boop with my energy drink and then sitting on the and she's like i got hand sanitizer all over my hands so she pulls this spray bottle she starts spraying oh spraying the my my energy drink all over she's like it'll wash <laughs> off all my hand sanitizer she, you're not taking hand sanitizer i'm like uh please just, just don't worry about it uh and she's like it's okay it's my water i think my coworker's workers trying to poison me and what head, is going on i have no idea my in my head the whole time i'm just like where's the fucking self-checkout here Like, get me as far away from this person as possible. She's clearly sick. She shouldn't be here today. I mean, so I think like 99 cent store, like their motto should be like 99 cent store, keeping it a little too real. You know, so so when you ask the question... It's funny how you mentioned that because I was talking about
1: 99 cent store and how like the checkout people are always super nice. And, like, yeah, super I got the chill. exact. I mean, she. it's not yeah. that she wasn't
0: nice. She was just really real with me this morning. Oh, yeah. So yeah, uh, awesome but that happened today. this morning. But um, childhood trauma, I'll give you one right. story of me being sick as a as a child, unless you thought of okay. one. In between, and then I'll I'll bat. I'll I, bat. I did, but you okay, go for it? it. No, no, go, go for it. Go for it. Okay, okay.
1: Um, yeah. So speaking of seeing things, when I was younger, I used to have. I think everyone used to have like the imaginary girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever. And <laughs> no, they didn't.
0: No, <laughs> they
1: didn't. But mine was like. Um, but mine. So I don't know if this was real or not, but so when I was younger, up to like when I was like twenty six years old, I used to sleep next to my mom's bed, and like sleep next to there because I was scared when mm-hmm. I was little and i used to think i had like a girlfriend her name was flower and it was it was a a lady and she was like in a red dress and it seems like very typical right no i just i remember like (laughs) (laughs) no I, i just remember her being like i don't remember seeing her i remember like an image of me like on the side of the bed looking up and then her walking across but i don't know if i'm just making that up or not so were you like and sick
0: I enough to the point where you're kind of in the hallucination mode i don't
1: know if i was sick i wasn't sick it was just my you, just you can add shannon too you can add shannon it was like my imaginary girlfriend was flower and, and you and, saw
0: her one day yeah
1: but i didn't know anything about intimacy or
0: anything so when she would come over like just lay there or something that's it wow that's <laughs> Matthew's imagining imaginary girlfriend uh, flower. Okay. Well, uh, I got one where I felt like I was hallucinating uh, it was okay. because I was sick. Uh, one time, I'll never forget this. I, I was probably, I was living in Simi Valley, California. It was 1990 something or other. And I remember my mom made like a lasagna for dinner and my mom worked graveyard for a bank at the time she was like a systems analyst or something or other for what for a first interstate bank and she made lasagna she left it on the table and then she went to work and i went to go eat it and following eating it i got violently ill like throwing up couldn't oh. sleep all night you know my mom's not there my dad's probably out in the pigeon lofts petting pigeons or something you know <laughs> that's a those of you who haven't seen those episodes about my dad and pigeons. I mean, it's just, it's, it was my, it was my life. Uh, and I remember one time getting up in the middle of the night, going to the bathroom, throwing up and believing that the entire carpet outside of the bathroom was all ants. And oh. I was like terrified to get back to my room. And I was like, I was like hallucinating. I was like in that mode oh my and I didn't eat lasagna for about 20 years after that. It wasn't until your sister Christy made lasagna for Christmas one year that Uh I finally ate lasagna again. And then Stephanie makes it, and now Shannon makes it too. It's like your family got me back on lasagna. Oh, but I mean, because it's good; it's really good. But I mean, I literally every time I could even smell lasagna, I associated it with that (sighs) violent sickness and the hallucination of ants everywhere.
1: Oh, that sounds like a dream too. Yeah, like it, Was there just something like in the lasagna?
0: Was it like special brownies or whatever? I don't Same know. Thing? I th- I think I was already kind really? of sick, and then my mom. It just. It, I think it sat out too long. Yeah. You know, with like the ricotta cheese and stuff, and I think I just got okay. some bad cheese or something. But of course, none of my siblings. <laughs> bad cheese. I think, yeah. but none of my siblings got sick either. But oh, that's know. horrifying, man. Yeah, almost as horrifying as flour as your imaginary girlfriend in a red dress. So yeah, yeah. she's kind of cute. <laughs> you guys would just lay there, huh? I guess. I only remember like two seconds. So <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's childhood trauma. Thank you for anyone who stuck around to listen to that. And that just goes to show you what kind of night it's been. It's just been a weird night. You know, December 13th, 2001 will always go down. It's just kind of a weird night and not only Sun's history, but F- Sun's Jam Session podcast history as well. So uh, we thank those of you who've stuck around and listened to the podcast on Uh, Wherever you're getting your podcast, please subscribe wherever you're at. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review. Don't just click give five stars. Write a little something. Uh, Mm -hmm. We'll read it right here on the pod. And again, if you are listening or if you're watching along live, hit that thumbs up button down below. And please subscribe. Please. We are so, so, so very close to getting to 2,000 subscriptions. And once again, a reminder, if you want to donate to the American Red Cross to assist those families who've been affected by those tornadoes. Uh, you know it's devastating to see that kind of stuff but you can hit them up yep. 1-800-733-2767 or visit redcross.org Matthew you can follow you where? at Matthew Lissy you can follow me at Darth Voida. you can follow the show on Twitter at Suns Jam on that note we'll see you tomorrow night uh, hopefully Matthew's feeling a little better and I will be in a different city and state altogether alright yeah everyone go home and love your family or flower